0: Hello everyone! Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm your host Sean Smith, joined as always by my co-host Derek Terry of the Catspaws. Derek, we had one day off, and now we're right back at it again. But I don't think we'd have it any other way, honestly.
1: Yeah, the grind that never stops. So back (laughs) at it Monday morning.
0: Yeah, and here we've got a really jam packed episode for you today. We have a jam packed week coming for you. This this will be your favorite week of this podcast, I promise. So if you're listening, tell all your friends, uh, pass it along in group text, the family chat. If you even have a fan of North Carolina and your family, throw it in there because I guarantee you that name's going to be mentioned too because we're going to talk a lot of Kentucky basketball recruiting. Uh, Derek, today we're going to have Corey Evans of Rivals on. I know you're on the 24-7 Sports Network, but I think we're going to branch out get some ESPN guys, some 24-7 guys. It's going to be a good mixture on the show.
1: Yeah, it will be. And Corey is a guy that I don't know. I think he might have come on board at Rivals after I was already gone from there. But certainly a guy whose work I followed, a really good source of basketball recruiting information, and certainly someone you should be following if you're a Kentucky fan.
0: And we will get into the Nolan Hickman commitment, which has now been right at 48 hours since he announced his commitment to Kentucky. But first of all, Derek, we've got to start with Bruiser Flint. We've been waiting on this news to become official for probably, I think tomorrow would be 14 days since we recorded our podcast first talking about Bruiser. Uh, I texted Bruiser over the weekend, congratulating him on Kentucky and all this. And, he, and, that, and that we were, he replied back, you know, thank you, my man, and all this stuff. And uh, sure enough, he he made it official before UK made it official when he updated his Twitter and put up a graphic from Tubby Smith's time at Kentucky and. Somebody in the UK program gave him the the updated one for his Twitter header. So he's kind of twenty years of Kentucky basketball there at the top of his Twitter page. Uh, Derek, I, I think they've got a guy that will fit in well at Kentucky, a well-respected coach that's been around for thirty plus years. I don't know if you can find anybody say a bad thing about Bruiser Flint. I think that's the thing that I've noticed over the last few weeks. And UK put out the official press release this morning. So, I guess now now that we know it's official, what's your reaction to a guy like Bruiser Flint officially joining Kentucky staff?
1: Yeah, about the same as what we had talked about. Uh, I mean, it was the worst kept secret out there, I guess. But Bruiser ended all that earlier, when, like you said, when he put that 2001 UK basketball graphic on his Twitter profile. But – like you said, just a very knowledgeable coach, a guy who has been a head coach for, I mean, really most of his career. I guess you could say 16 years at Drexel and I think another four or five at UMass. So 20 years on the bench as the head man, that's a big deal to bring in here. And he'll be a guy that Cal's familiar with. And, you know, it's hard to, hard to think Cal's going to go any other direction with uh, uh, his, uh, unless it was a guy that he trusted. and still got to wait on the Jay lucas news um an update on that sean i believe on the uk posting the deadline to apply is thursday the 27th so okay. i would think as soon as friday that could be official whether they choose to do that on a friday i'm not sure but i would say at the very least a week from now the Jay lucas stuff will be official
0: yeah it- I think I think so, that it's coming. Like I said, I wrote in my Saturday morning notes that it's not if but when it becomes official. I think that it's trending that direction. You know, Corey's going to touch on that, and we're going to ask him about that, of course, toward the end of our interview. I think that that's a question that we have ready to go for him. Uh, but Nolan Hickman, we're going to cover that. We're not going to ask him anything about Bruiser. We're going to stay nothing but recruiting. That's all. It's going to be an update on Jaden Hardy. Uh, the Hunter Salas recruitment, uh, Bryce Hopkins recruitment. There's a lot to talk about, Derek, that's sort of happened over the last 72 hours that I'm looking forward to Corey breaking down. So like, why even waste any more time? Let's go ahead and we'll jump right into that. So coming up here on Kentucky daily is an interview with Corey Evans of Rivals. Welcome back to Kentucky Daily, as now we're joined by Corey Evans of Rivals. Corey, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, most definitely. Thanks for having me on, guys. Corey, had, uh, Kentucky fans, after the Palo Bancaro announcement last week, they sort of were thinking, oh, no, where where does Kentucky go to get this 2021 class started? And Corey, I think that Kentucky fans went to bed Friday night not knowing who Nolan Hickman was, and then within 12 or 13 hours later, he was the first commitment for 21, and judging by the reaction on some of my work and some things that we've seen, it was a shot in the arm for Kentucky just to get the class started, so just talk to us a little bit about that commitment.
2: Yeah, you know, Nolan Hickman is someone that if he was, I I don't want to have the bias towards the West Coast, but if he was more towards um, the central portion of the United States or the East Coast, we'd be talking more about him. And we have him number seventy-six in America, and we definitely need to give him a, good, a better, more extensive look. Um, we've only seen him really um, play next to Paolo um on the travel circuit, but you have the six-foot-two guard with a six-foot-seven, six-foot-eight wingspan. Um, giant guard that's tough. Um, You know, Pacific Northwest guys, they've compared him to Adol Gaddy, who was a former standout at Washington. And I'm sure John Calipari would definitely take that. He's just a guy that he bleeds intangibles. He's tough-minded. He can play both sides of the basketball. He can play both on and off the basketball, which, of course, is all you really look for um anymore in a complete backcourt
1: Derek Terry like Sean said thank you for joining us today
2: uh, well talking about Hickman
1: you know it seemed like the, th- the things obviously were going on behind the scenes but as of like Friday night I think is when we started to see some news trickle out so you kind of being on the national scene how surprising was that news to you and uh how typical these days is it that recruitment stays is that quiet until uh, an announcement is made, especially for a, a blue blood type school like Kentucky?
2: Yeah, it's funny how it works. I, I don't want to say that I was the reason why he committed on Saturday, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I put that prediction in and I was, I was trying to keep it silent for the kid um, because I was told he was going to commit on Sunday and try to surprise everyone. And I guess someone saw my prediction and kind of ran with it and, even even Nolan talked about had hey, wanted to kind of get it over with because the word started to get out. But beforehand, it's funny, I was I was working on an article on Thursday or Friday about Nolan and the leaders and I didn't even know Kentucky was involved just like you guys or everyone else. And I started to dig and one thing led me to the next and um, you know, found out that Kentucky was not just involved, but it was a done deal. Um so going back to your question, I, I respect it, man. I, I, I love that. Like, I, I, I would rather have someone like Nolan. I mean, it makes my job more difficult, but um, anymore now it's about how can I get the most clicks and how can I get the most attention? And Nolan was the most professional that I've seen a kid go about the process as far as not kind of showing his hand how many kids we know of would have threw out the Kentucky offer on social media three weeks ago and try to get the, 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 the Twitter, the IG count up. Um, but for no one to do it, how he did, um, you know, Kentucky basketball is the most covered basketball program in college basketball, of course. And for no one to know about that offer or for their involvement, um, yeah, that's definitely, definitely, definitely a surprise.
0: And now they didn't, they didn't get Paolo Bencaro, Corey. Of course, uh, he went to Duke last week, and fans, like I said in the opening, were panicking a little. But maybe that recruitment probably led them to Hickman because I know that's that's where Cal and Tony Barbie got their first look at him. They played together on the EYBL circuit, and then last year. I think it was back in February maybe where they were out there watching Paolo and Hickman dropped 36 in front of them. And then Tony Barbie we've seen was the lead guy with this recruitment. So was this maybe a – you didn't get the guy that you were after, but they got another good look at a, a really good guard that will probably be a surprise guy that can uh, move up in the rankings here and be a solid recruit for him?
2: Yeah, most definitely. You know, and Cal and has been someone that – You know, he wants to know who he's offering. He wants to be able to see someone. And that wasn't the case with Hunter Salas um, or Bryce Hopkins and why it took so long for an offer to actually be made. Um, Compared to Hickman, they were front and center there. And for as bad of a miss that the the Benjero commitment for Duke was or believed to be. Um, I mean, to make up for it with the commitment of Nolan Hickman, um, it definitely is a shot in the arm.
1: One guy who it seems like uh, going by reports is on the verge of committing to the U.K. is Bryce Hopkins' former little commitment. What, uh, what do you think the U.K. likes in a kid like Hopkins? And any sense on when that uh, deal might become official? Because I believe he tweeted out on Friday, Thursday or Friday, that he had officially received an offer.
2: Yeah, you, can't, you know, he the offer Friday evening, rate. That's why it was a whirlwind Friday for Kentucky fans, right? For rumors and all that, for the Salas and Hopkins offer. Um, You know, I thought to Bryce right after he received that offer, and he – I even asked him, I said, hey, are you going to jump at it? Like, and he said, no, I'm going to wait things out. Um, But, you know, we've seen – even a guy like Paolo, he's told me – and. He and I have a great relationship, and he's told me, hey, I'm going to wait things out and see what happens. And two weeks later, he's committing to Duke. And um, when the pressing and prodding happens, um, and Kentucky is believed to be the immediate favorite for him so quickly, um, you know, I would give it two or three weeks at most. Um, I know for Kentucky, I I don't think he's a must, must must-have because I think they have comparable players that would return like him. You know, like we don't know if Keon Brooks is definitely gone after this year. Um, Dante Allen is there. Cameron Fletcher's is there. But someone that can switch between the two and the four in today's game is so valuable. And the toughness that he brings, the two-way approach – um, just the physicality, physicality of Bryce Hopkins um, I know is one thing that Louisville was intrigued by, and I'm for certain that Cal Perry is intrigued by.
0: Corey, you already mentioned Hunter Salas. Uh, that was another guy that picked up the offer Friday night, and then he released his top 12. Where do you think Kentucky is in that recruitment, you know, jumping in on that one now?
2: I would, I would definitely say they're probably top two, top three for them. Um, you know, I think that as of now, I would say, or before Friday evening, I would say Kansas and North Carolina were the two to beat. Um, you know, Hunter is someone that really has never been to a college campus outside of the in-state Nebraska and Creighton programs. And he also took an official visit to Gonzaga um, back in the winter, but – Outside of that, he's been nowhere. And this is someone that 18 months ago was happy whenever, you know, Nebraska-Omaha was offering him. So the ascension has been through the roof for this kid. So you have someone that was a mid-major prospect a year and a half ago, two years ago, to now being probably the top recruit in all high school basketball who has never – been able to visit most of these campuses. Yeah, he's definitely intrigued by Kentucky. He always wanted that Kentucky offer. And I think at the end of the day, UK gets him, but it's definitely not going to be a cakewalk because you have programs like Oregon, like UNC, like Kansas, like Kentucky, even in Iowa State, and Auburn, and Alabama, all involved.
1: Corey, last question I have for you. Um... Jay Lucas is not yet official uh, at UK, but it sounds like it's certainly been a done deal for a little bit now. In his role, it sounds like he's going to be off the, off the court, which means he wouldn't really be able to recruit. However, being a full-time guy at Texas, he's, he's been on the trail for them and is going to be quite familiar with many prospects. Is there anyone that you could see UK going after once Jay uh, gets, gets to Kentucky, whether it be in the 21
2: class or, or feature classes? Yeah, you know, I've I've already spoken with Damian Collins and his mother. Um, Damian Collins is probably one of the the, the most freakishly unique athletic big men um, that I've covered the past five, six, seven, eight years. He's probably Isaiah Jackson on steroids. I mean, he's he's a monster. Um, he's out of Atlanta, Texas, pretty much a five hundred person town um, on the outskirts of the Texas border, but. That's someone that's six foot eight, six foot nine, elite shot blocker, um, really, really unique. That Kentucky has also begun to show interest in. I know they're having another Zoom call with him and his mother this week, um, but they have not broached the Jay Lucas scenario with them at Kentucky. Um, He would definitely be the, the one prospect in 2021 to keep an eye on if I'm Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky fans, um, for 22, you know, that class as a whole nationally is maybe the, the best and deepest I've seen in the past 10 years. And Texas is the best in 2022. I mean, we're talking about legitimately uh, 15 or so of our top 150 being from Texas. And we're talking about future pros, Um, you know, Cason Wallace and Keontae George and Austin Nunez and Vince Iwuchukwu, guys in that mold that are no brain Texas, Kentucky type of guys. So whether it's Keontae George or and Wallace, those are two names that I would not be surprised that Kentucky fans might not know about, but Um, you know, in due time, whether it's Jay Lucas on board or not, they're going to be pretty familiar with.
0: One final question here for you, Corey. Uh, Jaden Hardy is a guy I know Kentucky fans have had their eyes on for a while now and right there toward the top of this class. And those guys like B.J. Boston, Terrence Clark, that Kentucky were able to get in this last class. Just give us a little bit of an update on where you think Kentucky stands with that one. Because I think Kentucky fans probably felt that they were in a good position with uh, Paolo, too, and that didn't go in their favor. So just where do you think they are with Jaden right now?
2: It's funny. I'm actually answering some things on him tomorrow in a mailbag question. But it's never easy, and you guys have seen it, to be the, 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 the so-called leader for so long, right, for one prospect because everyone knows who they got to beat out, And that's Kentucky for Jaden Hardy. And it's been over a year now. Um, And I just think that, I think Cal is, what he's done with Nolan Hickman and Hunter Salas and potentially even Sky Clark, and you have Devin Askew that potentially will still be at Kentucky next year, he's taken back the leverage. And not that Jaden Hardy does not have the leverage on his side because he's a clear cut best two guard in high school basketball, but more so, you know, there has been talk of the G league with Jaden Hardy. So does Cal or did Cal want to go through the entire winter, which I would expect will be the case with Jaden Hardy um, only to see him say no to Kentucky and pick in Arizona or in Oregon, or even UCLA, and I've heard more chatter about UCLA, and Jaden Hardy in recent weeks, or say he commits to Kentucky, but pulls the Dasha Knicks and goes to the G League and leaves Kentucky at the altar with an incomplete backcourt. Instead, now you have Nolan Hickman, you have potentially Hunter Salas, you have Devin Askew, and it's like, okay, I have my three guards. Jaden, you can come on board, and we can have an embarrassment of riches. If not, then so be it. So, you know, I I just think this was Cal Perry taking things into his own hands, Um, you know, making the best of the situation at hand, Um, telling Jaden, hey, the offer's there. You know what we can offer. If you want to come on board now, come on board. Um, But really not trusting the whole situation out there. And, you know, Jaden, I mean, to his own extent, um, and I get it, you know, it's there's no rush for him. I mean, he understands that I am the best two-guard in America, and I can kind of do what I want. And whether it's the G League offering me $500,000 or whether it's going to UCLA or Arizona or UNLV or Oregon or Michigan, um, there's no rush. So. For both parties involved, I think it's the best situation where Cal did what he had to do, and uh, Jaden's doing what he has to do. Corey, great stuff from you, as
0: always. We really appreciate you taking some time to join us, and uh, maybe as we get into this fall period, maybe have you back on pretty soon.
2: That sounds great. I appreciate you guys having me on here.
0: He's Corey Evans, and you're listening to Kentucky Daily. We'll be back with more right after this. Welcome back to Kentucky Daily as we begin to wrap things up. Derek, really solid interview with Corey. Uh, he's very knowledgeable, had a lot to say. There was a lot of good in there. I think Kentucky fans will enjoy some of the things he said. I, I thought it was very interesting, the the Jaden Hardy, where he thinks that Cal is sort of taking back some of that leverage. And like I mentioned, I think to you the other day, with the Palo Ben Carroll thing, if there was a positive from him committing in August, it's now that Kentucky knows and they can pursue something elsewhere. So, what was your takeaway from from that 15 minute segment?
1: Yeah, the Hardy stuff I thought was, was really good. Speaking of the leverage, it just seemed like Cal got into a spot where he knew he just couldn't wait, especially when he started adding that G League factor into some of these decisions, because that's something that's not going to come about until springtime anyway. And at that point, if you do decide to pass on some of your other targets who you feel are good enough to play there, it just kind of leaves you in a spot where you're either having to add a late addition from a high schooler or most likely take a the, the transfer route. But one other thing, I was not very familiar with the Hunter Salish recruitment. And for him to have been a kid who very recently has become a national type recruit, I thought that was just really interesting stuff. And It sounds like – I don't know when he plans to commit. I mean, he just – he just cut his schools to 12th. So, still, I don't know what – I don't know what it was at before it was at 12th, but still considering quite a few places. So, whenever it comes to a point that if they're allowed to take visits again, I'm sure UK will be one of those schools. But it sounds like he'll have to – if he does decide before the dead period's up, he'll have to be choosing a school like UK without having seen them. So – Facing some Blue Bloods in that recruitment, but that's never been a problem for Calipari. They've certainly, I mean, every kid they've really signed has been a a guy they had to recruit against other Blue Blood schools. So would be pretty interesting. If you you go into that spring signing period and you already have Hickman, you have Salas, like he said, it leaves you in a spot where if you get Hardy, that's great. But if not, you've got some insurance. And I think in some previous classes you've seen UK kind of kind of left at the altar a little bit on some recruitment so it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case this year
0: have you ever had to consider 12 things maybe at wendy's i have to consider 12 combos or something like that
1: <laughs> i want that two for five they got now with the spicy nuggets and the chicken spicy chicken sandwich i mean that makes it an easy call these days
0: maybe that's the advertisement we need to hit up right there <laughs> but uh but considering 12 schools i i don't even know what you do like i i don't even know how you think about 12 schools but it is moving quickly, though. It's now Thursday after – well, Friday's episode, we didn't have really a whole lot. We talked about Ben Carroll. We, did, we definitely didn't talk about Hickman. No. And then now, 72 hours later, Derek, we have all these names that we're talking about. And it feels like that the ball's finally rolling. And that's what we've seen in the past is when one guy commits, it might spark another commitment. And I think that would be the ideal thing. Uh, Corey mentioned probably two to three weeks tops for an announcement with Hopkins who knows it might come sooner I think that UK would love for it to be sometime in the next two weeks to keep some positive energy there and uh, I guess we'll just have to see where this thing goes Derek a solid interview with Corey though I I really enjoyed that Uh, gave great insight a guy that's plugged in on the national scene with all these guys great relationships with families Um, and you get that all across the board with all those networks you have a lot of guys plugged in with all three major networks that just put out great info so it's always good to have them on and like I said we'll have guys from 24-7 other places on to give their insight to in future weeks.
1: Absolutely and I'm thinking just from that interview I don't know if you're if you're a UK basketball fan who follows basketball recruiting closely I don't know if there's anything more you could have asked for from that interview you know not to kind of toot our own horn but I think we hit on every prospect you, you could have and Corey I mean Corey made the interview you know he had great insight and had a lot of things to say, and I feel like if you listen to this and listen to the interview, you should come away from that with a, with more knowledge of where things stand for Kentucky basketball right now on the recruiting trail.
0: Yeah, for sure. And like I said in the opening, this week is a week that you will want to be subscribed to this podcast. I'm not going to release a name yet, Derek, but we do have a big-name guest joining us later in the week from the U.K. football team. So we'll, we'll hold on to that name, and we'll release it probably a few hours before. So – be sure you're subscribed. If you're just listening to this podcast, if you're listening on Podbean, we're now on Spotify. Uh we're on Apple Podcasts. Wherever you're listening to this, if you just found the link, please subscribe. That way you can get all of our podcasts. Uh let me know too if notifications are working the way they should be. I know some people have been getting them later in the day, some people haven't been getting them at all. So even if you're not getting them, check your podcast feed every day. Check it around 3 p.m. in the afternoon. You should probably have a new episode there. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at GBB Country. Derek is at Derek S. Terry on Twitter. So follow us there. You'll see all those links. Uh, like I said, please subscribe, leave us a five star rating, and review. Let us know what you think of this. And also, if anyone listening has any ideas on advertising, feel free to email us, DM us. We'll get you set up with a package that I guarantee you will not disappoint you. It's a daily podcast. Last week, we recorded six days. So I think now, Derek, this is 12 days out of like 14 or 15 that we've been recording. Uh, Just having a blast with this. And I look forward to seeing what we do the rest of this week.
1: No one else is doing a daily podcast right now, right? No. I mean, we're the only ones doing this. You know, I have a lot of respect for a lot of people who do podcasts in the UK market, but... You know, a lot of people do it once a week and that's good if you listen to it one of the first couple days. But after that, I mean, the news that we put out every day, I mean, it's, you know, it's it's as updated as it can get. I mean, maybe if we record early, perhaps on a Monday night, maybe we'll miss something, but it's covered immediately on Tuesday. So any kind of news you have, anything that's going on, we're discussing it pretty much immediately.
0: Yeah. And we're going to do some creative things too. We've got a couple of interviews. We've got one coming up with a favorite UK photographer that we're going to do we're going to give you some insight into what it's like on the photographer side of the uk beat uh what those guys look for that bring you some of your favorite images that you see all over instagram and everything else because they're on every uk fan account that you can find so uh, pretty exciting interview coming up with that i'll announce that later too in the week so we've got some big stuff planned here on kentucky daily but this has been monday's episode join us again tomorrow